Hey there, welcome back. Marika, just been um, trolling some Republicans on Twitter. Bridget Daniel, she says, lock her up. It's weird. It was a weird uh, meme with Trump, like, holding her by her elbows or something, like, and she's in an orange, she's the one in the orange, uh, thing, he's, I said, you're just trying to change the subject, from your Fuhrer, who is the worst criminal in human history, shame on you for supporting, um, we were listening to The Lost Century this morning, should we listen to the rest of it? Yeah, let's listen to the rest of it. Oh, no, I already did. I think I already listened to it. Number of species of total biomass. Okay, um, let's see what's going on. And I said, why would you feel sorry for this utter waste of oxygen? Marka, show you show doja cats. For me, upload, if Midas Touch uploaded new filing in Giuliani defamation case, exposed more Trump crimes. Michael Popak, civil cases produce evidence that prosecutors can use in criminal cases. That's so important, I'm going to say oh, it again. Civil cases and their discovery mechanism produce documents and evidence that somebody like Jack Smith can use in criminal prosecutions. We're seeing it all over again in a civil case brought by two Fulton County election workers, uh, Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman, against Rudy Giuliani, where Julie, Rudy Giuliani, who's been a lawyer for, well, he's, he's now suspended in one state and soon to be disbarred in another, but was a lawyer for 50 years, is screwing up the exchange of documents so badly that he's given the opponents, the plaintiff's lawyers, the opportunity to file a motion for sanctions, which they did on 7-11, what an unlucky date for Rudy Giuliani, against him, telling the judge that Rudy Giuliani in the last 18 months has not meaningfully participated in discovery in producing documents or evidence in this case, despite his requirement under the law and court order to do so. And as a result, he should get Contempt. the equivalent of a civil case death penalty. The case should be decided against him at this junction without even going to trial. That a default judgment should, should be. be entered against him because of what now he's all doing. All these motherfuckers are getting preferential treatment for the motion that was just filed by Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman's lawyers. Rudy Giuliani will, you know, could likely seek, you know, likely be hit with default judgment as a result of game playing and failure to cooperate uh -huh. in his good faith obligations of discovery. Headline one. Headline two is that Rudy produced privilege logs, which I'm going to explain on a little bit of a breakout session of Legal AF right here, privilege logs listing in 25 pages all of the documents he is not at the moment going to produce, but that he has in his possession, claiming some sort of privilege, which means it has to be ultimately decided by the judge after seeing those documents in camera, a Latin way of saying only the judge gets to see them first and then decide whether they go over to the other side. Now, you're supposed to... Let's, let me give you the, 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 the teaser first for the privilege log, and then I'll tell you how 
poorly done the privilege log was for Rudy Giuliani, further compounding his problems. Firstly, let's talk about the names that are in there. Even if I don't know what's in it, this just, if you ever had any doubt in this relevant time period of the end of the election in early November through Jan 6th and beyond, who Rudy Giuliani was working for and who was in his, uh, and who was in his group, his gang, his civil conspiracy, his criminal conspiracy gang, well, just look at his text message lists and you'll have no doubt. So if you go through there, you see the following names and groups and combinations of text messages. Bernie Carrick, disgraced, disgraced former police commander in New York who went to jail and was uh, pardoned or had his sentence commuted by Donald Trump. Jenna Ellis, who just barely didn't lose her law license for all the work she did with Rudy Giuliani as an incompetent election lawyer spreading falsehoods about the election where she had to admit to her bar association, her bar grievance committee, that she uh, to she told untruths about the election. Christina Bob, right, who's cooperating with the Department of Justice and was the lawyer for Donald Trump for all things Mar-a-Lago and beyond, and signed the certificate falsely Hi, claiming baby. that everything in this envelope was all of the top secret information that Donald Trump retained at Mar-a-Lago, and that was a lie. So you also have uh, Victoria Tensing. Victoria Tensing Hi. is Hi. A, Hi, uh, a woman who practices law with her husband, right-wing, MAGA right-wing. I mean, she just posted, we'll put it up here in my hot take, she just posted, posted on her own social media that the hey, hey, uh, hey, hey. arrest and the indictment in abstention, because the guy fled the country to Cyprus, this spy for China of Israeli and U.S. citizenship, um, that that whole uh, Chinese illegal lobbying, arms brokering, selling oil for the Iranians while an American citizen, that's all made up because he was also going to be a whistleblower for Joe Biden. But that, so that was her tweet we just saw. That Victoria Tensing, of course, is inside this, you know, QAnon, fake election uh, huddle with Team Crazy and it's Captain Rudy Giuliani while they're trying to overthrow the election, at least in the court system. So Victoria Tensing. You have Catherine Fries. Where is Catherine Fries? We have to put her on the back of a milk carton. Because Catherine Fries used to be a lawyer who was very proud to work with uh, Rudy Giuliani and all the others. Um, but she's nowhere to be found. She's so nowhere to be found that the lawyers in this defamation case against Rudy Giuliani have moved the judge to try to serve her, to find her, to serve her through alternate methods. She doesn't want anything to do with this case. She's a bar member somewhere, but they can't get her served. So, but, but at one time, she was happily and notoriously tweeting and texting uh -huh. and emailing with Rudy Giuliani. So she's in the text, in the email. Lara Logan, right-wing MAGA um, journalist. Mark Meadows is all over these texts with Rudy Giuliani during these relevant time periods, November through January. Sidney Powell, she should be disbarred as well. Cleta Mitchell, subject of criminal investigation by Jack Smith and the Department of Justice. Senator Townsend, why not throw him in there? Speaker of the Georgia House, Ralston. Well, we know what that one was about because um, that was recorded. And Fawny uh, Willis, the prosecutor in Fulton County, is investigating this phone call between Rudy Giuliani, Donald Trump, and the Speaker of the House, Ralston, in Georgia. Same kind of phone call 
that Rudy and Donald Trump made to Speaker of the House Rusty Bowers in Arizona trying to get him to throw out the election and participate in the fake elector conspiracy. Ken Cheesebro, come to, come on down. You're on the text and email chain with, with uh, Rudy Giuliani, as we suspected, one of the architects of uh, using the Jan 6 Congress hearing and fake electors to stop the peaceful transfer of power. Um, and then you have interesting emails with, with Ray Line regarding lines that I'm sure Jack Smith is super excited about, like um, a 12-16-2020 text or email that says POTUS findings, P-O-T-U-S. That is exactly the moment leading to the December 18th meeting in the White House that went on for six hours involving Sidney Powell, Michael Flynn, Rudy Giuliani, and the Overstock.com guy, they threw him in there, to talk about uh, uh, suspending the Constitution, invoking martial law, and seizing the uh, election equipment in order for him to cling to power, Trump to cling to power, and make presidential findings to support that conduct. So they were up to the point of presidential findings to support martial law. And that's in this cache of documents currently being withheld, but soon to be uh, sent over to the lawyers in the Shea Moss Ruby Freeman civil defamation case. You see how I said at the top of the hot take civil cases as a byproduct, pay dividends that can be used in criminal cases. And we're seeing it here. Boris Epstein. There's somebody who's likely to be indicted very soon by by uh, Jack Smith, Yay. currently a lawyer for Donald Trump, but that never that never stopped anybody else who was a lawyer for Donald Trump either getting indicted, arrested, or put in jail. And Boris Epstein is probably next on that list based on Yay. his conduct. He, Bernie Carrick, Jason Miller, uh, a very close advisor of Donald Trump, and Christina Bob are having texts and emails all during the relevant time period. The head of the Republican National Committee, Rona McDaniel. Come on down. <laughs> You're going to be caught up in this conspiracy. Have you heard of senescent cells, also known as zombie cells? These old, worn-out cells no longer serve a useful function for our health, wasting our energy and nutritional resources. These zombie cells tend to accumulate in our bodies as we age, oh leading to the aches, slow workout recoveries, and sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-age feeling. Our sponsor, NeuroHacker, Pack seven of the most science-backed senolytic ingredients into one formula uh. called Qualia Senolytic. And you can take it just two days, code LEGAL, and start aging on your terms. And then there's somebody interesting, and I'm going to put a tweet up on this one. Myrna uh, Taroff. Myrna Taroff. Who is, people are saying at home, who at Popak, you've lost your mind. Who is Myrna Taroff? Well, according to um, Jenna Ellis and a tweet that, she's, that she put out, she, Jenna Ellis, and I got to get you the rest of this list because it's just it's just fascinating. Are, we're all part of an election integrity board, a phony election, election integrity board that <laughs> was formed by Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani to run around as if they were trying to protect the election and not steal it from Joe Biden and the voters. And on this board, which are all part of this chain of conspiracy, and in the ele- in the emails and text messages for Rudy Giuliani are, here's the list on the text, Jenna Ellis, Ken Paxton, the soon-to-be-impeached uh, Attorney General of Texas, 
Nah. Real P. Navarro, Peter Navarro, who's also a subject, if not a target, of criminal investigation by Jack Smith because of his role in the, in, uh, the fake elector scandal. Bernie Carrick, we've talked about him already. Uh, Seb Gorka, right-wing extremist. And Myrna Tara. Good for you, Myrna. Glad to see that Rudy Giuliani had to now throw you under the bus and properly reveal these things. Now, I said at the top of the hot take, his privilege log was garbage. Privilege log garbage. Why? Because I've been doing this for 33 years. And in a privilege log, you have to list enough data and information not to reveal the privilege you're allegedly protecting, if you are, if you do have such a privilege, but enough for the judge and the other side to be able to have a coherent conversation about what the document is. So you don't have to reveal the privilege, but if you have a document, I'll give you an example. If Rudy Giuliani emailed Donald Trump to talk about uh, the fake elector scandal, then it should be listed on the privilege log, author Giuliani, recipient Donald Trump, CCs, if there are any, list them, subject matter, right? Then you'd have to come up with something that doesn't reveal the privilege. Uh, elector certificates, I guess that would be enough, uh, in battleground states. Uh, and then the date of that, and then you have to give it a, a what's called a Bates number, a serial number at the bottom that's assigned to the case by the lawyers so they can keep track of these things. And then you can have this debate, and the judge can take a look at it, at it in camera, which is, again, she gets to see it first, not the other side, and then make the decision. But his, his log, we'll put up one page of it, his log is completely incoherent. Sometimes he doesn't even list the people's last names. It's like Andrew. I assume one of the texts is with his son, Andrew Giuliani, with all these other people, which would effectively waive the privilege. But who knows? He puts Michael. He puts Andrew. Um, the one that's are interesting is there doesn't seem to be any text with POTUS, with Trump, which is totally ridiculous. The other thing that is hanging, hanging Rudy Giuliani on a short rope of his own making, is that remember, in dis or let me tell you, that in cases, lawyers go out to get documents from third parties. It's called third-party discovery practice. You use a subpoena, and you go to somebody like Christina Bob and say, give me all the documents you have of communications with Rudy Giuliani. And she produced those, and so did other people. And the problem for Rudy is they produce things that he didn't produce which means he's hiding them or he's lost them. And that's what the lawyers have said in their motion for sanctions. We don't know if he destroyed them, if he has them, if he doesn't have them, but it doesn't matter because he had an obligation to preserve them. And you, Judge, in March, April, and May at hearings, warned him that he needed to preserve them. And his lawyers have come to court and said, well, we, we, think, we think he preserved them. We're not sure if he preserved them. Maybe he preserved them. <clears throat> wrong. These are the wrong responses in federal court to a federal judge. And then let me just bring it full circle. The federal judge that's presiding over this case, right, is Beryl Howell. For those that follow Legal AF and Hot Takes Like Mine regularly, that name will ring a bell. She was until recently the chief judge of the D.C. Circuit Court. And when she's not trying civil cases like this one, she had responsibility over all of the grand juries, including Jack Smith's grand juries. That's my stage voice, right? Uh, my stage whisper. And in that capacity, she evaluated whether, for instance, 
the crime fraud exception to the attorney-client privilege applied to strip Donald Trump from attorney-client privilege and therefore have those documents go to the government because they were no longer covered by privilege and force lawyers like Pat Cipollone, White House General Counsel, White House Counsel, Eric Hirschman, Deputy White House Counsel, um, ultimately Rudy Giuliani, uh, Evan Corcoran, Christina Bob found that they all had to testify. Donald Trump couldn't stop it because Donald Trump was more likely than not participating in a crime or fraud concerning the Mar-a-Lago documents, for example, and therefore did not have the privilege, did not have the privilege of having the privilege of attorney-client privilege. There's, there's a good way to sum up one sentence and three uses of privilege. Same thing could happen here. This judge is educated. She has a learning curve when it comes to crime, fraud, Trump, and others. So wait till the lawyers, if, if they don't get the default judgment they wanted, and they go for these documents, which they're going to, they tell the judge, even if you found that there was an, a, an initial proper assertion of privilege over them, judge, crime fraud exception, they're all participating in a crime. You know that from the work that you did, Your Honor, related to Jack Smith's prosecutions. You see how this civil criminal ecosystem, this flow, these trade winds all kind of run into each other. Uh, and that's what we're talking about here on this topic. So, to summarize, civil cases help criminal cases because discovery sometimes is even more extensive there. And you get golden nuggets that stumble out. Just the way that the Dominion case against, Fo uh, against Fox News, right, created dividends for Jack Smith and also got Tucker Carlson fired. Same thing here. The Ruby Freeman Shamos case, which should have been settled a long time ago by by Rudy Giuliani. In fact, the lawyers even mentioned that, that he had the potential for a settlement in his hands and he let it slip through because he's cheap and he's stupid. And I don't care what he was in the 90s in New York. That's what he is today and soon to be at a disgraced former lawyer and a disgrace to the profession. So they said, oh, well, he had it. He could have had a settlement with us, but he blew it. Just like he's blowing the case. We shouldn't even be talking about documents that they obtained. We, should, we wouldn't even know about them if he had settled the case. But attention, Jack Smith. If you don't already have all the documents that they got in their discovery, go subpoena. And I'm sure they'll turn them over that day. All the documents that Shane Moss and Ruby Freeman's lawyers have in their disposal from what they got from Rudy Giuliani. And since you've already taken a proffer... Remember, Rudy Giuliani went in two weeks ago and testified under oath, not to the grand jury, but to the, uh, the Department of Justice and Jack Smith's team. He was given a queen for the day immunity, meaning as long as he doesn't lie at that moment, they won't use anything that they, he tells them against him if they decide to indict him. If they have the information independently, then there's, then there's no deal. But they won't use his exact words against him as long as he's telling the truth. Now the prosecutors have to, have to be wondering whether based on these texts and emails that are now currently covered by privilege, but they'll be able to see soon whether he was telling the truth when he testified under oath to them. And if he wasn't, when Rudy Giuliani, not if, is indicted, which I've already predicted on Legal AF, they will include a new count for lying under oath to the federal government when they came in. 
bringing to a conclusion my hot take about how civil cases can can positively impact justice in criminal cases. I do hot takes just like this one, connecting dots that you see and some that you don't even see. And I didn't even see until I started preparing the hot take only on the Midas Touch Network. We pull it all together in a long format podcast on YouTube. You can subscribe for free on the Midas Touch Network. We call it Legal AF. I do it on Wednesdays and I do it on Saturdays with my co-anchors Ben Micellis and Karen Friedman at Niffalo. I'm Michael Popak. You can follow me on all things social media, including threads. MS Popak. MS Popak. This is Michael Popak, Legal AF reporting. Hey, Midas, Midas. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. She just uses Shannon Graham. Welcome to MAGA Uncovered. It's the seventh episode where we uncover the MAGA propaganda that's not covered by the mainstream media. Uh, as you can see, Rom Filipkowski has changed magically. He's on, he's on vacation this week. But I'm thrilled that we have Fuck the creator off. of Decoding Fox Get News, Juliet Jeske. Juliet. Get Thanks for having me. You're a, you're a perfect stand-in for Ron Filipkowski because you cover an area that we tend not to talk about, and that's Fox News. And, and Fox is uh, obviously the most viewed, still the most viewed cable network, even without Tucker Carlson, um, or Republican cable network, I should say, you know, MAGA Republican cable network. Um, so you're kind of, I'm pleased we have your expertise today because you, just tell us a little bit about what you do and, and why you watch it so we don't have it. So I got a grant right after I got my master's degree to uh, basically act as uh, media integrity. So I watch 15 to 20 hours, sometimes more, of Fox News every single week. (laughs) And I try to debunk as much as I can and point out when they're blatantly lying or misleading their audience. And it's never boring. And I always have too much. (laughs) It's it's all the time. All the time. Every single week. I've been thinking a lot about how divided America is, and in fact, on the weekend show last Sunday, I had I interviewed Tara McGowan, and we were talking about how actually America is not as divided as the media would have us think, and that and that it's our representatives and right wing media that create the division, and, and actually people, the, you know, proportionately people have far less extreme views than the media does and that some of these MAGA lawmakers do. So let's call some of them out on the on the show today. The first uh, one doing? I want to look at, because you've been posting on your on your Twitter and various places, um, you know, videos of some of the, the behavior of MAGA Republicans dressed up as news reporters and news hosts. I want to talk about this cocaine story, just quickly, because it's, it's, it's really silly, isn't it? I mean, they found some cocaine in an area that the public have access to at the White House. And I knew, in fact, I put out a tweet, which I think you tweeted, saying, it's so obvious that this was put there by a, a MAGA Republican sympathizer so that Donald Trump could use it to claim that it belonged to Hunter Biden. Probably. I mean, I, I have stupid. no idea how it got there, but it does seem a little ridiculous that hey, it fucker, was in a tourist area. 
um, an area that people could get to, and the area that the press wasn't. And then we what know doing, for Parker? a fact that Mr. Biden left on Friday, and it was found on Sunday. And even Kaylee McEnany has insisted there's no way it would have sat there for two days. So, um, and others have said the same thing. So I think there's something is just very suspicious about this that I, to just assume that it's Hunter Biden's is a bit much, but that's me, exactly what they're show, doing. Let me show the clip that uh, Fox Stupid. were kind of pushing. They were pushing this for a good few days. Oh, they're still of, pushing it. They're still right. today. This is one of the clips <laughs> that you posted. The finger begins to point more and more at the obvious target. And so many of the, the leftists in the media are laughing about this like it's some big joke, right? Because many of them probably do cocaine mm. as well, right? So they're all excusing it. Oftentimes in the Trump administration, we would send sit members of the press who are meeting with the president in the press room. So if it's found in the press room, Trump is, has a fucking coke nose scar. That's why he wears so much makeup. So many liberals doing cocaine. <laughs> it made me laugh because it was like, number one, is it the 1980s? Uh, it's not. And number two, uh, I think we think journalists make a lot more money than we do. Um, on camera, journalists do well. Like if you're talking about an anchor at CNN or something, but most journalists are not anchors and it's not a it's it's very much a middle class <laughs> type gig so i i was really cracking up over that like they're just doing coke and i'm like um no not really <laughs> it's kind of pricey it, um, it, it's so interesting how something so stupid because you know they were so they, they were trying to spin it like well i i, I want to reference like the press room when they the, when the press were asking Karine Jean-Pierre, you know, was this Joe Biden's? Was this Hunter Biden's? And she actually had to say, they're not here. They're in <laughs> Camp David. Like, why are you even asking? <laughs> it's pretty bad. I mean, and then if, if there's so many holes in it, it's just fairly obvious. Like, if Hunter Biden was going to, number one, he did crack, which is not powder huh. cocaine, and, you, you know, you'd have to manufacture. Most people who get addicted to a drug, they don't just start doing other versions of it they'll do the same version so that's already kind of comical and then like why would he leave it in an area where somebody would find it so obviously uh and then he's not there so all of it and it was well publicized that they were at camp david that wasn't a secret it wasn't like the the president the press knows his whereabouts and as does the secret service and as other agencies at every single moment of every day so it wasn't a mystery what? where they were. And um, it does seem kind of ridiculous. And I did feel bad for Kareem Jean-Pierre because she was holding, she was doing the best job she could, but they just kept asking these stupid questions. Yeah. And on Fox, they act like it was a bomb. They act like it was a weapon or something. They're like, it's cocaine. Don't you understand? It's cocaine. There is this faux outrage on Fox about stuff that clearly all of the hosts are involved in themselves. Right? Yes. <laughs> Whenever they talk about issues that they blame the liberals for, you know, it, it's as if they are whiter than white, and I mean that in every sense of the word, you know? Um, the reality is that we're all the same, all humans are flawed, right? Yeah. But this projection, the idea that Republicans are perfect, and yet all the stories we read in the news about people who are being done for various things. Probably Don Jr. Shootings to, you know, to all sorts of crazy stuff. Invariably, it's the far right and it's the yeah. right. Yeah. It, it, it's 
so there is obviously this contradiction that it, it exists. I, I want to talk about Biden and because you know, Joe Biden, you know, partisan aside, the economy is doing pretty well in the US at the moment, especially compared to many other countries. Certainly where I am from, in the UK, they still haven't had any positive growth off the back of the, of the pandemic yet, right? Nothing. Yeah. Whereas here we're, we're, we're growing very well. Inflation is down. Record jobs. Um, yeah. You know, he's got a lot to shout about and be proud of, proud of. But you would have thought that, as patriots, Fox News hosts would be proud of that and want to... You know, ride the wave of living in a economically successful country because it means that everybody. You know, we're talking about the jobs numbers. We're not just talking about Democrats. Yeah. It's everybody. Yeah. And yet, the way that Bidenomics has been spun, especially by that old geezer Larry Kudlow, who is, you know, I wouldn't, I literally, wouldn't trust with a ten-dollar bill. But you posted that he'd accused the Biden administration of lying about U.S. manufacturing, and then he quoted Lincoln. I'll, I'll show the clip. But you, you very cleverly kind of sewed together some older clips where, you know, proof about how the investment in manufacturing was kind of unprecedented. Let's, let's take a look. Joe Biden's Bidenomics is really a lot of Biden baloney. I don't mean to be personally disrespectful, but the man's incapable of telling the truth about the poor state of the American economy. Now, to quote my hero, President A. Lincoln, quote, you can fool all people some of the time and some people all the time, but you can never fool all people all the time. He keeps making the case that we're in some kind of manufacturing boom. But the numbers show we're in a manufacturing recession. With supply chains still impacting our global economy, America is now shifting its manufacturing focus where it should be, to building plants here in the United States with a record surge of new factories. Manufacturing-related construction spending reached $108 billion last year. That's more than the amount spent on schools, healthcare centers, or office buildings. Fox Business Anchor and host of American Dream Home, Shao Kasoni, joins us right now. Shao, good morning. Good morning. This is great because during the pandemic, we realized with um, with such a bottleneck over in China, we weren't getting a lot of stuff because so much was made over there. Now the emphasis is on making stuff here. Yeah, and, and that construction spending is going to building factories in all different parts of the country, which is really exciting because this brings communities. Think about all the things that go around a factory, food trucks, clothing shops, uh, apart, you know, new apartments are built. I mean, communities are built around these factories. <laughs> yeah, that was... You need to pick a side, don't you? Yeah, that was a really fun one for me because when I was in grad school, it's kind of a crazy story, but I switched concentrations from urban, which was supposed to be politics, to business. Uh, mainly because I liked the business teacher better. And I, when I switched, he put me in charge of American manufacturing. So I knew quite a bit about this. And so when I saw the first, the second clip where you saw uh, Steve Ducey uh, talk about this huge boom in American manufacturing, that's from April. So I hadn't cut it, meaning I hadn't edited it out of that episode. I just remembered it. And so when I saw Larry Kudlow, who completely gets everything wrong all the time, I find him humorous because he... Yeah. 
literally gets everything wrong all the time. And he, he was in Trump's cabinet, right? Yeah. He basically <laughs> ran the economy for Donald Trump. An absolute, yes. He was an absolute nightmare. And he gets stuff wrong. Like, he literally just two weeks ago said we needed to rev up the economy. And I'm like, actually, the economy is too hot. And we're trying to slow it down. That's what's going to bring inflation down. You don't want to rev up an economy with inflation. But anyway, so I found that old clip by going to my spreadsheet, my trusty spreadsheet, and just typing in manufacturing. Came up, went back to the old episode. I keep all of the full episodes. Went back through the episode, found it, clipped it, stuck it with that one, and was like screaming because i knew i remembered when i saw the the clip in april how excited i was because when i was working on american manufacturing when i was in grad school i had to call factory owners like crazy in ohio and indiana and michigan and talk to them about their business and they all kept saying the same thing was we need to bring all this manufacturing back because these supply chain and that was in 2021 these supply chain problems are destroying our business. We can't get anything because it's all coming from China. It's coming from overseas. And so this big push was to bring it back to the United States. And that's exactly what's happening. So I had like a personal <laughs> investment in that clip. I got very excited about that but one. There, there is this irony that, you know, under Trump, it was all about America first and bringing all manufacturing back to America and trying to exclude, exclude China and doing all of these Trade you war know, with China. Really understand how international trade works, yeah. so that's why there's been a huge knock-on effect. But Biden has kind of continued that policy. He's not calling it America first, but he is doing his best to do, you know, buy American, hire American, made in America. And you would have thought that the Republicans would be happy with that and and you know yeah. see that Biden is doing that. And maybe Biden needs to do more of it, but it's it's like unless it's done with this kind of xenophobic spin they don't seem to be interested yeah and it's interesting because under trump even though the trade deficit with china did decrease the overall trade de deficit increased like massively under him because his tariffs were so uh haphazard and that he doesn't really know what he's doing so he's just like we're going to put a tariff on this we're going to put a tariff on that it caused all this wonkiness to happen with trade um, because he was just too sloppy about it. It's, it's, international trade's very tricky because you slap a tariff on another country, they're going to do the same to our stuff. So yeah. it's not, it, he acts like it's just, you just have to be this big presence and a bully and everyone else backs down. It's just not how the economy works at all. And the international trade at all just doesn't and work. And everything, way. you know, okay, you might think of a Boeing 787. Dreamliner as being an American, you know, made in Seattle, for example. Mm -hmm. But like most of the parts in that thing come from China. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And this is what people fail to see. It's all like the, that kind of patriotic, you know, Boeing is American. But but you know, you only you only have to look just beneath the surface yeah. to to learn about how the supply chain operates and why we are very much a global economy. Yeah, uh, completely, a hundred percent. And that's who I ended up doing an article about parts manufacturers in the United States and it would be something as crazy as if they couldn't get a very specific type of stainless steel, yeah. they couldn't make their products. And that stainless steel might only come from China or it might only come from Mexico. So it was just very nutty. Like you, you would be surprised how one little spring in a large ticket item, if you can't get that spring, you can't finish that item, how that was screwing up everything for months. We're still dealing with it a little bit, so this yeah. That's why every home needs a 3D printer. Yeah, I know, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to talk about climate change because it's been the hottest 
kind of weak, really, for like mm-hmm. 120,000. Yes. And no biggie. No biggie. No, no biggie. <laughs> and the thing about climate change is that, you know, that it's, it's the temperature of the planet, it's the global temperature of the planet. It's not really about weather, although mm-hmm. the weather effects that we are seeing, whether it be extreme heat or extreme cold or these uh, terrible weather systems, they're all the effect of knock-on effect of climate change. But MAGA Republicans and certainly Fox News hosts cannot grasp this. And, and famously, Donald Trump thinks that climate change is clean air and clean water. And he's talked about that multiple times. Um, the way that they span the extreme heat over the last week hmm? on Fox News was really irresponsible, in my view. I'll show the clip and then we'll, we'll kind of talk about why Republicans deny the existence of If there's one thing the mindless left loves to magically discover every year, it's that summer is hot. And this summer is looking no different. So hot in places like Texas and Nevada in the summer that it's sounding alarms in almost every newsroom. The Washington Post says July 4th was the hottest day in the history of the world. They talked to one scientist who said, this data tells us that it hasn't been this warm since at least 125,000 years ago. 125,000 years. I was not aware that we had thermometers back then. There's nothing else to worry about. It didn't T-Swift put out a new album or something. Now, what Barry should have told his daughter is just to calm down. You and your friends are going to be fine because the only thing burning right now is Canada. Yeah, it, that's really awful. Uh, they just they chalk it up to summer, and and it's it's like the same thing happens when we have like a blizzard, you know, random blizzard. They'll say, which also can be caused by climate change. The intensity of blizzards has increased because of climate change. But they'll chalk it up like, well, look, it's snowing. We're, we don't have any climate change. We have global warming, and it's like, well, it's not bad. And the other thing that they do quite a bit. I didn't have an example recent, but. Uh, I'd have to go a little bit further back, but they trot out what I call a fake expert. I call them bogus experts on my newsletter. And that's somebody who, for instance, one Mark Morano, who's not in that clip, but he appears quite frequently, um, is a person who got his start working for Rush Limbaugh and has a degree in poli-sci. And then he worked in communications for years, and then he just decided one day, I'm going to be a climate expert. No training, writes garbage books, Scientists criticize him, and the way he deals with that is he aggressively harasses climate scientists. And they have him on as if he knows what he's talking about, and he doesn't. And it's that's just it's so irresponsible. They don't care. They just don't care. Well, they did the same during COVID. They would find yeah, a, a quack doctor mm-hmm. and put him in a white coat, and therefore that person suddenly is the authority. Yeah. And the problem is that if you go looking for people who have an extremist opinion, you will find there's enough people on this planet to find people with crazy views yeah. and Fox always kind of showcases these people my favorite line from that clip was when he goes I didn't realize we had thermometers 125,000 yeah, yeah. they're basically one of the ways they can find the temperatures from past years is ice core data yeah. and that's something that they go up to like the Antarctic, literally they go to the poles and they drill and they can pull it up and they can tell from layers of ice and I'm not a scientist but this is basically what they do 
and they can tell the and they can also there's other ways of checking they look at tree rings and all but kinds cri of crazy critical stuff critical thinking suggests yeah. that if you're not a climate scientist like that guy yeah you would just go well this is what the temperature was 125,000 years ago because they've said so not yeah. i didn't yeah. think they had thermometers back then yeah it, it's a total lack of critical thinking and it just yeah. makes him look dumb it reminds me of that time that the fox host said that he never washes his hands after he goes to the bathroom do you remember? What? Because he said he's never seen germs. Uh, yeah, he's, right? he's never seen germs anywhere. So why, why should yeah. he wash his hands? Because if he hasn't seen them, then surely they, they don't exist. Because microorganisms don't exist because you can't see them. Which is hilarious because you can see like when germ theory was discovered, uh, how much better people started surviving everything. Anything with a medical situation, like any type of surgery, anything like that, just washing your hands started you start seeing the survival rate go right up yeah. but they would say oh but that no i can't see germs so therefore i mean it's like they're children it's almost like you're talking to like a four-year-old and it's contributing it's, to the degradation yeah. of of intelligence in america it's, it's it is it's making people more stupid it and, is and because there's no pushback yeah and if it's supposedly a news channel i mean it's not it's an opinion <laughs> and entertainment channel but it brands itself as a news channel you you are just gradually lowering the kind of intellect of, of the viewers over a period of time, over 125,000 years. Yeah. Well, and the other thing he did there that's a great example of their strategy is he laughed. He laughed at yeah, the claim. Do that. It's do just that. a way of why MAGA people, when they come at me on every platform, because they do, um, they often just try to make a joke or insult me, and then they're like, I won. I won the debate. <laughs> No, you just insulted me. You didn't win anything. And there was no debate. There is no debate. You <laughs> yeah. just loved and insulted a stranger and walked away and thought you were a rock star. Yeah. But that's where they get it from. It's that same mentality of just, I'm going to laugh at this and therefore take the power away from it and then say something incredibly stupid. Laura Ingram also contributed to the climate oh, yes. change thing, didn't she? Let me play her clip and then we'll talk about her, you know, the, the, the stain on society that is Miss Ingram. John, on the show, I'll take it over. I'm Laura Ingram. This is Ingram Angle from Washington tonight. Mother Nature's laughing. That's the focus of tonight's angle. <laughs> month was the hottest June on record. That heat then carried through into July as a new record high global average temperature was set on Monday and then broken the very next day. Triple digit heat index through the end of the week. It's hot, 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 all right. After all, we're in the middle of a season called summer. Yeah, doesn't she doesn't care. They just don't care. And meanwhile, in uh, upstate New York, which is not that far from where I'm at in Brooklyn here. Yeah. There was massive flooding uh, due to torrential rains. Right, Vermont is underwater. Yeah, Vermont is currently flooded. And um, in the Hudson Valley, the streets like crumbled. There was so much rain, they just collapsed. And there was massive property damage. And the fact that she's laughing about that, it just happened, you know, hours from that broadcast and it just she doesn't care they just don't care do you think they really know that climate change is a true global threat and they've just branded it as a democrat thing and therefore that's why they want to you know just ignore it or criticize it or or 
are they literally so dumb that they just think that the whole thing is a conspiracy? I think it's a little of both. I think there's some people that have to realize that we've got a problem. Because how could you not? It's overwhelming. But I also think, like, Pakistan was underwater. Like, a huge section of Pakistan that remained flooded for months. And uh, China's had record-breaking heat waves. India had record-breaking heat waves. Like, heat they've never seen before. At Europe last summer was a nightmare. It heat all over the place. It's, it's, like, extreme heat. Um, so this idea that I think some of them have to know it, but there's this just tribalistic kind of, if the Democrats are for it, we have to be against it. And they, you know, of course, who benefits from confusion about climate change is big oil and gas, and they've got a lot of money, they've got a lot of power. So, you know, I don't know if it's Rupert Murdoch telling them on high, like, you have to keep pushing this or what, but they... And they also, like I said, if they if they stay in the ecosystem, the right-wing media ecosystem, and they read books by Mark Morano or Michael Schellenberger, I'm going to call him out as well, because he does not have any training in climate science, yet he writes books about climate science. There's one that, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but Laura Ingram had an expert on climate change who doesn't even have a degree. Looked him, he dropped out of college, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Doesn't even have a degree. And they just, if you read these books, you know, and then you stay in that little ecosystem, you would think that the rest of us are insane and it's all a big conspiracy. So it, it's hard to know what's going on there, but it's, it's really bad. Well, having worked in television, I can tell you that guest bookers are very lazy. <laughs> and the only requirement they're often looking for is if that person has written a book. So if you've got a book, this is great advice for anybody who wants to I need to write a book. <laughs> Just write a book. It can be as crap as you like, right? But the fact that it's there and it's for sale on Amazon gives you legitimacy, and then they and then they book. And, and you know that is unfortunately <laughs> the tragedy of all media. There was a very famous. This is a bit of a tangent. I don't know if you know the story. You must look it up afterwards. But there was a very famous story from the BBC in England where they were bringing a guest on to discuss the lawsuit like 20 years ago between Apple and Apple with the Apple music publishing. Oh, that's right. And yeah. Apple. And, they, and they had a guy called Guy Goma on who uh, was just a taxi driver waiting in reception Five hours to pick ago somebody posted. up. And he, By the way, this is called MAGA Gets Uncovered as Expert Decodes Fox's Latest Nightmare. He, actually, no, he'd come for an interview about not oh, a for a job, anymore, right? He'd come for a job interview because... Yeah. He wanted to work in IT. That was his, his, a taxi was his side hustle. So he was getting a job in IT. And so the person who was the real guest for the BBC News had a similar name. And the person just came into reception and said, Guy Goma, and he said yes. And he went in, and they put him on camera, the sweetest, sweetest guy. And they were asking all these questions about the Apple lawsuit. And he just bluffed his way through it, and they kept it on. I mean, it was live. You must look it up. It's... it's one of the greatest moments in, in, in kind of British news history, but it is a perfect example of how rolling news is just like churn, just keep it going, doesn't have to be true, doesn't have to be fact-checked, just like keep talking, and it's dangerous, you know, and, and there are academics who claim that, that rolling CNN. news has contributed Chris to the doubt. Is getting, um... the, um, the, the question I have for you is, uh, you're the premier law enforcement operation, and you're a former Department of Justice, high-ranking executive at all levels.
discharged and removed from office now. Everybody call DOJ 202-514. Demand Trump and 160-plus Republican traitors from January. Insurrection charged and removed from office now. And disqualified. And... So... Would you agree that the job of the FBI is criminal investigation? Is criminal investigation uh, and to protect the country from national security threats, those two things. So the, the idea that you take information and you have it taken down, use your authority and the, the leverage you have to have Meta, Google, uh, Facebook, or Facebook being Meta, or uh, Twitter take down people's information uh, on things like where where COVID came from, where do you find the national security interest in that? Where, where do you find the interest in free speech of American citizens being taken down? And I repeat, free speech of American citizens, where, where do you have that authority? So we don't uh, ask social media companies uh, to censor information or information uh, when it comes to national security threats certainly uh, so what we do do is alert them when some other intelligence agency gives us information about a foreign intelligence service being behind some account we will call social media companies attention to that but at the end of the day we're very clear that it's up to the social media companies to decide whether to do something about the suggestion it or not, of the most powerful law enforcement it. operation is not a suggestion. It is, in fact, effectively an order. Mr. Chairman, I yield back. Gentlemen, yield back. Gentlemen from Georgia is recognized. Chairman, we are here today because MAGA Republicans will do anything to protect Donald Trump. All the January 6th insurrectionists are immediately charged and removed from office and disqualified. Savior, no matter how unfounded or dangerous it may be to do so.
Welcome to the legislative arm of the Trump re-election campaign. A grand jury found probable cause that, among other crimes, Trump illegally kept highly sensitive national security documents, which could put our country and others and our sources in danger if they got out, and which photographs show Trump kept those records in bathrooms, showers, closets, and in the Mar-a-Lago ballroom. MAGA Republicans are afraid that the justice system might hold Trump accountable for his actions, so to protect them, Republicans are trying to intimidate FBI officials. And in case that does not work, Republicans are trying... their hardest to discredit the FBI and the eyes of the American public. Do your fucking when job, Justice Department. In 2020, Department. they tried to make Americans distrust their election systems. And now that the FBI and the Justice Department have sought to hold Trump to the same standard any other American citizen would be held to, MAGA Republicans are telling Americans not to trust the FBI. To protect Trump, Republicans are trying to Lock distract us from the real work that the FBI does every day, Lock. which is fighting violent criminals, child predators, and fighting domestic terrorists and extremists so as to protect our democracy and our national security. And even worse, MAGA Republicans are stirring up threats that pose a danger to the safety Media of blitz. FBI employees. It's past time that Republicans realize the consequences of their words and put the good of this country over politics. Now, uh, Director Ray, I want to thank you for your service uh, during a time of unprecedented um, travail. Um, uh, Director Ray, um, you were a partner at an international law firm before you took a, a drastic pay cut to accept the job of FBI director, isn't that correct? Uh, yes, that's something my wife reminds me of from time to time. <laughs> and, uh, but let me ask you this, sir, uh, and you took this office after, uh, Trump fired the former FBI director, Jim Comey, correct? Yes, sir. And um, did you uh, contact the Trump administration to offer yourself uh, for this job, or did the administration recruit you for the job? Uh, they contacted me and asked me if I would be willing to consider taking on the role. So Trump handpicked you to be the FBI director? Yes, and he expected you to do what he wanted you to do, correct? Well, that I can't speak to. I, I can tell you the same well, thing I told I'll him, which like is that I'm going to do this job by the book. He's unhappy with you now, isn't he? Um, I'll, I'll let him speak for himself. Well, I think a lot of uh, his uh, acolytes uh, here reflect his, uh, his intent at this particular time. Director Ray, are you aware that MAGA Republicans have repeatedly called for the FBI to be uh, defunded? I have heard some of that language. 
In fact, Republicans on this very committee have said that your institution should be dismantled. Isn't that correct? Uh, well, I think certain members have. And one member even tweeted, quote, defund and dismantle the FBI, end quote. Another told Fox News that, quote, Republicans should defund the bureaucracy, end quote. And a third told the press that he thinks the FBI, quote, needs to be split up and moved out into pieces, end quote. Those are direct quotes and only a small sample of what's out there. Can you briefly describe for us what the effect would be on our national security and on our domestic tranquility if the FBI were to be defunded or dismantled? Well, certainly it would be disastrous for 38,000 hardworking career law enforcement professionals and their families, but more importantly, in many ways, uh, it would hurt our great state and local law enforcement partners who depend on us every day to work with them on a whole slew of challenging threats. It would hurt the American people, neighborhoods and communities all across this country, uh, the people we're protecting from mm. cartels, violent criminals, gang members, predators, uh, foreign and domestic terrorists, cyber attacks, I could go on and on. The people it would help would be those same violent gangs and cartels, uh, foreign terrorists, Chinese spies, hackers, and so forth. A member time, of the, time of the gentleman has expired. Uh, Chair, now recognize the gentleman from Colorado for five minutes. I thank the chairman. Director Ray, thank you. Thank you for your work. Uh, with the FBI, and, and uh, thank you for your history uh, of work in, in law enforcement. Uh, you started out as a, an AUSA, and I'm getting this information from Wikipedia, the great font of knowledge in the digital age, so I'm assuming that it's true, but you started out as an AUSA. You uh, were nominated by Republican President Bush for the position of Assistant Attorney General in the Criminal Division at the Department of Justice, and you were confirmed by a Republican Senate, if I uh, am, am correct in that. Uh, yes, by uh, unanimous voice vote. And, and you were then nominated by Republican President Donald Trump uh, to be the FBI director, and again, confirmed by the Republican Senate uh, uh, for that position. Uh, yes, I think there were only five votes against me, and they were all uh, from Democrats. Um, according to Wikipedia, uh, you're still a registered Republican, and I hope you don't change your party affiliation after this hearing is over. Um, but I want to thank you. Um, I want to thank you for leading an agency, as you mentioned in your opening statement, that protects Americans from foreign terrorists, that uh, an agency that protects Americans from prize from China uh, and Russia, uh, and cybercrime, and public corruption, and organized crime, and drug cartels, and human traffickers, <laughs> and white-collar criminals. Good, and I want to thank good. you and the FBI for no, protecting law-abiding Americans from the evil that exists Just, uh, all around us. For having such an awesome podcast that aggregates all the best podcasts in the world. Midas Touch, I babysit. Well, Chester does. Just a babysit the Midas Touch playlist. And has 24-7 indictment updates. About old diaper Donald. And um, calling, oh my god, that's a pretty, this party outside my window. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so shout out to KAMP State of Radio at the University of Arizona. Uh, KTPRT, but we are KAMP.
In conjunction with Got the man's touch Everything we touch Turns gone And also Mayor Cooper This is my Mayor Cooper This is my man Cooper. I'm breaking on down This is my my man Cooper. I'm breaking on down Breaking on down, breaking on down, breaking on down, and also pulling a compound.